Hello and welcome to today's edition of QUT News, Views and Spews. I'm Susan Hetherington and spewing with me today we have... Leanne Neby and... Leo Bowman. Uh, th- oh, greetings Leanne, greetings Leo. We've got an action-packed um, uh, line-up of things to talk about today. Now we're going to start with Donald Trump. That's not a place that I'd like to start off with. But um, let's just listen to what the White House had to say overnight. It's mocking somebody who says she was sexually assaulted. It seemed to me that he was stating facts that Dr. Ford herself uh, laid out in her testimony. You don't have any problem defending the I don't have any problem stating facts, no. Okay. The uh, White House has no problems with the fact that uh, Trump went to a campaign rally and was basically mocking the testimony um, of the uh, assault victim, the sexual assault victim of his Supreme Court nominee. What do we think about that? Leanne? Well, obviously it's highly inappropriate for him to be saying that. Um, That's a very distressful time for that that lady, the incident that happened. Um, I I don't think he had any right to be even discussing the issue or even undermining the issue. Yeah, look, I mean, I I guess um, the situation in in pretty much most (coughs) sexual assault claims is it's a little bit of a he said, she said situation, particularly in in an historic one such as this. But most of the the talk has been that Christine Blasey Ford's testimony has been consistent and... um, and uh, very credible, but even if even if we're to assume that there is a, a level of doubt, I think one of the real problems of this is that one of the things that stop women coming forward is because they know that they will be undermined and mocked. And for a president to do that uh, as part of a, a political cause, I think is really inappropriate. Leo, what do you make of it? Well, incredible, absolutely incredible. Because if you look at what he said, in one sense here he's mocking the woman. If you look at any news report which is balanced, it also shows that previously he said that the testimony was quite sound. So in fact, which is it? Who's inconsistent here, right? Is it the President of the United States, Donald Trump, or is it the woman herself? I mean, I think we can say that the credibility of Donald Trump here is well below the woman that he's criticising. It has to be. Yeah, it, it's it's just very, very unfortunate, I, I think, um, that you don't need to attack her credibility to support your own candidate's credibility. Not helpful, Donald. Not helpful. Um, we seem to have a number of things that have attracted our attention today about about privacy, really. And what's what's your what's your private life? Where does that start and end? We're going to start in a, in another strange place for me. Shane Warne. Shane Warne has um, written a, a book, which is kind of interesting because Shane Warne is on the record of saying that he's actually never read a book. Um, I do recall that and found that largely uh, hysterical. But um, Warren talks about a apparently very famous threesome where he was playing cricket. He got a text from uh, a woman that he knew who was um, getting a bit amorous with another of her female friends, invited him to come along. He jumps in a cab, 
picks up some champagne and some vodka, joins them. It gets very erotic. Um, suddenly a bed comes down from a wall. Yes, I read all of the details, Leo. Very all of good. them, all very of good. them. Every word that Shane said. Uh, yeah, a bed drops down from a wall and then he did the only thing that was possible. He had sex with both of them. I mean, you can't blame a red-blooded male. And then went back to the cricket ground, slept in his car and, and got seven wickets for not very many the next day. So his performance on the field, at least, was quite admirable. Off the field... Maybe not so much, but the, the the sting in this tale was that there was a hidden camera in the room and that the photographs was then sold, that he was, he, it was entrapment. Do we think that Shane Warne has a right to be aggrieved about that story? And he's still apparently very annoyed. Well, we all know Shane Warne's reputation. He doesn't shy away from it himself. And the word womaniser has to come to mind when you talk about Shane Warne and his private life. But in this case, irrespective of what the man has done in the past, does not justify the actions of these two women who clearly had one thing in mind, a setup, right? And that is just a dishonourable thing to do, no matter what the person that you are attacking, clearly attacking in many ways, Shane Warne has done. Leanne? Well, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, I understand that, yes, there is some kind of invasion of privacy, but this is a media-hungry, or you could say media war, Shane Warne. I mean, he, he's the kind of person who will tweet allegedly... Um, Oh, I'm at so and so place eating so and so, and then he'll he'll the paparazzi will just come and take photos of him. It's like he wants the attention when he wants it, but then you know when the attention is of something that he didn't want, well then it's a different story. But see, he loves being in the media. One of his high profile relationships with uh, Liz, Hurley. Liz Hurley is one prime example. All of a sudden, he started getting sponsorship and endorsements of of you know hair regrowth and um, skin products you know he became a, this whole whole media frenzy over Warney and then you know next minute he's a he's a, a poker player and you know it's just every anything Warney I just feel like it's a bit hypocritical it, it may be a bit hypocritical but surely there are some intimate moments that are private that we we should be able to draw the line Somewhere, and for most people, their sex lives would go down as, as um, in, in the private territory. But yeah, I too think um, you hear a lot of people putting, throwing their hands up in the air. And, and I've been watching a bit of The Bachelor, which will come to a, a, as a surprise to no one, saying, and the contestants saying they've edited me badly. They've used my words in a in a in a bad light to create a bad version of me. But with fame but, comes this yeah. whole. Uh, I, I think with for, with Warney, um, I I know that nobody is going to be able to sell a sex tape of a threesome of me because there isn't one. And at some point, you've got to take a little bit of responsibility. But you're quite right, Leo. Private is private. I guess of. in a way, though, it's kind of helped build his, I guess, fame or infamy, whatever you'd like to call it. Because, I mean, think back to when Paris Hilton was dating that Suleiman guy and th that the distribution of that video One Night in Paris 
you know, I didn't even know who the hell no, Paris Hilton was. Not. She's allegedly a singer and a oh, entrepreneur, oh, uh, you know, whatever. And but you know, if anything, she kind of used that that gross invasion of privacy to to um, make money out of it to, to create her own her own brand yeah and, and if anything she, I mean Warney was already known in Australia for for his ways with mm-hmm. women but now I guess in London and, and especially since he started date, dating Liz Hurley um, it kind of built his his fame in the UK as well so mm-hmm. there would be many a man that would be quite pleased to uh, have some publicity with two gorgeous young models, but nonetheless, um, that should be his choice, I think. Now, the women's magazines. I, I don't think any of us would be particularly surprised to know that some of those headlines that we read at the hairdresser or at the supermarket uh, counter are possibly not all that accurate. But there's a story today that, uh, about um, New Idea and Women's Day and photographs of Lisa Curry and... Uh, Grant Kenny's grandson appearing without the permission of of mum in these magazines. Um, the concern is that they the photos were taken without permission um, from Instagram, partly, but also a very misleading headline that gave the impression that the child actually belonged to Grant Kenny and his, I think, one-time girlfriend, the... Um, Radio star Fifi Box. Uh, what do we make of this one, Leanne? Well, you're you're right in saying that a lot of women's magazines do have misleading headlines because I meant what what actually is the headline? It, it when you you first see it, it makes you think that Fifi, Fifi and Grant's baby shock. It's a boy. It almost makes me think that she's pregnant or she's just had another baby to give um, their daughter a sibling. You, there's no mention at all of, of Lisa Curry, Kenny, Lisa Curry, sorry. And, um, and and the daughter, Miss Gruel. Yeah, so unless you actually buy the magazine and then scroll through to whatever page it's on, you realise that it actually has nothing to do with the headline. And they're notorious for doing it time and time again. I think it's it's disgraceful. I, f- I feel sorry for what's supposed to be one of the most important parts of of, a, of motherhood is celebrating the the birth of your child, not their feeling angry and and sad because someone's used it um, to profit. Leo, passingly weird, really. I mean, I know there's misleading headlines, but usually it's exaggeration. Mm-hmm. This one is just quite misleading, misleading, as we are not talking about the woman that the headline suggests. It is not Fifi Box. It is the daughter of Grant and Lisa Kenny. Yeah. And the headline suggests otherwise it's just appallingly twisted piece in that way, just weird. Uh, but otherwise, should they be complaining? I think that would be the main point of complaint. I think the other point was showing the child the invasion of privacy but here is a family who has readily shared lots of pictures of all sorts of things with the women's magazine before. So it's quite possibly open as the magazine seemed to think. Surprise, surprise, why they're objecting to this sort of publicity when we spend a lot of our time giving this to them for money and they don't seem to mind. Mm, although it doesn't matter when it comes to children because... Lisa Curry says that she would like Australian privacy laws changed so that photographs for ch- of children specifically cannot be used for profit without parental permission. Do we have any sympathy for that line? 
don't put them on Instagram. Um, if you don't want those to be shared, don't put them on Instagram because you can share it. Don't make it the responsibility of the privacy laws, I don't think, because we're going to segment the privacy laws to such an extent that we have 55 categories. Possibly. I, I do wonder, though, that, you know, Instagram and or um, Facebook have become kind of the modern photo album and you wouldn't go into somebody's house and steal a photograph from their photo album should you be able to take it from their digital photo album without permission yes perhaps legally you can but morally does that make it right mm, it's about sharing the notion is sharing we put photos to share and we don't say who we're sharing them with well we're only sharing them with these people today and these people tomorrow. Obviously, all these people have got access to the Instagram pages, including Women's Day, mm -hmm. and so are able to look at it. So my photo album, as such as it is, pretty tatty by now, is I can take it from the shelf and show it to whom so I like. And that is, but if once you put something on Instagram and share it, then suddenly it's very hard to start making decisions from day to day about, what about who gets right. it. I'm playing devil's advocate, what about Facebook then? If, I, if my Facebook account is closed down only to my friends, so I am sharing my photo with, with you, Leah, but Leanne here, well, she, you're not a friend of mine, Leanne, so you're not going to get to see our photos. No, I've already tried stalking you, and it, it's actually good. You've got very good privacy settings. Oh, All you I? can see oh, okay. is, is anything that's in... Because we're in a mutual group, yes. which also was a closed group, where only members can can see each other's posts within that group, and that's it, and that's how it should be. I mean, I don't have any photos of my children on social media, not because I don't love them, but because I'm very concerned with the fact that there are a lot of people that I mean I have about I think 1700 followers I have no idea who they are when I used wow, to be a I, I used to be a, a model years ago and um, I don't want weirdos that I've never met in my life looking at photos of, of my children so I, I if I do post photos of my children they're they're only close family and 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 as you said, Facebook and Instagram are actually quite different. It's saying here, University of Sydney law professor Kimberly Weatherall said that Australian copyright laws only allow journalists to use people's social media photos in some circumstances. Mm -hmm. See, simply attributing the source doesn't no, do everything. But, you know, times are changing. I guess uh, the laws have to change yeah. with the times. Yeah, I, I find talking to young people that the that the idea of privacy is absolutely moving. Things that I would have thought would be very private uh, are no, no longer considered so. Now, speaking of privacy, that our final piece today is going to be about our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, and a leaked video which the Australian and the Australian Financial Review have put on their, their websites today. Let's have a listen. Sulawesi in Indonesia this morning. And Lord, we just, we just pray for your spirit and your presence there. That you'll bring, you'll bring comfort to despair, you'll bring insight to confusion. That you'll be with President Widodo and you'll give him what he needs to comfort his people and to see their way through this terrible, terrible crisis. Okay. Should you be able to go to your church and pray 
without it being filmed, without your knowledge and put on social media? I just wanted to quickly say, if that was a Pentecostal church, a lot of Pentecostal churches in Brisbane actually do record um, their services. Their services, but I guess in this case, if this was filmed by just uh, one of the the people that were attending there, I meant I, I feel like that was really unnecessary to post that online publicly. Um, I don't know why why that that needed to be done. Leo? I oh, oh, absolutely agreed. I think that we, we need some places of solitude and sharing where we can share with others, where we can block out the world and not have the world intrude and have a, a video streaming our private moments, our private thoughts, which we share with some who we choose to share with all over the place. I mean, where can Scott Morrison go to do something for himself if he can't go here? Yeah, I I feel very uncomfortable with that. But if if you if I wanted to watch him pray in a video streamed, then that to me is quite different from putting it in a in a web page and saying that he's using asking Jesus as help. Well, he's Christian. Um, I don't think that's extraordinary, really. I think it'd be Not more really. more extraordinary if he wasn't asking for for Jesus's help for I, earthquake. Victims. I really don't know what the their purpose was for doing so. If it, whether it was a way to to mock the fact that he was a Christian or just simply, you know, here we go. This is this is what Scott Morrison did on the weekend. I meant, who who cares? Why do we need to, to know that? I feel like it's just an inv- yet again another invasion of, of privacy and it's also just showing how with with technology these days nothing, nothing is, is nothing private anymore. Mm. You do wonder. Um, the the story very much said that this is our, our yeah, third, fourth Prime Minister in a row who's been very religious and after Rudd and um, Abbott and so on. It's like, so? Um, I think we knew that. Um, we did. Breaking, we did. people. Not very newsworthy. All right, that's it for today. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you. Thank you, Leo. Thanks, Susan. We'll be back spewing tomorrow. Catch you then.